0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and thank you so much for joining today. It's just so wonderful to have you here. I'm excited to tell you that I'm opening up my Ancient Breathing 2.0 course again. It's an online course that will teach you all about the Hatha Pradipika, the uh, text that describes and teaches Hatha Yoga practices. Basically, you get to learn from me. It's six weeks long and eight modules. There's two bonus modules in the course. We'll go over all of the practices, all of the different Pranayama practices that I've learned from my teacher, Sri O.P. Tiwari, and also that are found in the Hatha Pratapika. You'll get demos of most of the Kriyas as well as looking at Ayurveda, the ancient science of India, medical science of India, and how different breath practices affect the doshas, the Vata, Pitta, Kapha. So um, you'll learn how different breathing exercises can benefit or also be a detriment to your constitution. So it's a really wonderful course, very informative. We practice together each week. The practice will build on itself until at the very end, you will get your own personal practice. So I hope that you join uh, classes, live classes. will start February 27th, but you have until February 21st to sign up. Um, If you'd like to just sort of give it a little test, I'm offering a free breathwork or pranayama masterclass. It will be this Sunday coming up, February 13th. And this is going to talk about three easy steps for you to cultivate a breathwork practice that you love for yourself. Um, We're going to talk about some of the science why breath work works, understanding how to deepen your own yoga practice through pranayama and through breathing. And I'll give you some ideas of where to start if you don't know where to start and what practices to uh, add into your morning routine so i would love for you to join the free master class it's on sunday february 13th head over to my website you'll find a link right on the homepage to sign up it's good for everyone so share with your friends and your family and then also i would love for you to join of course my ancient breathing 2.0 course and the classes they will be on sundays um, of course If you can't join live, all of the classes are recorded, so you don't need to worry. They'll end up in the online course uh, platform or portal where you'll also find PDFs, audio recordings, and video recordings of each of the practices. So it's a a wonderful course with um, many, many students have really enjoyed it, and it's one of the best ways to practice with me and to start a pranayama practice. And one huge benefit is that when you sign up and join the course, you get to take the classes with me continuously each time I offer it. So I hope that you'll join. And without further ado, I would love for you to just sit back, relax and listen to this really hysterical conversation that's full of Interesting facts and um, food for thought with our beautiful friend, Yan Ong.
1: Warning, the following program contains scenes with coarse language and nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so happy that you're here listening today with us. I'm joined by Russell Kaye.
1: I'm so excited we have a Brazilian underwear model on the show today. <laughs> no, we it don't. says <laughs> here it's uh, Giselle bootkin. Butch- no, which...
0: wrong wrong show notes. Wrong no, Brazilian
1: show notes. underwear model. That's what it said. That's what the... Maybe a
0: someone sent Malaysian me. underwear model.
1: Are you... A... <laughs> I'm... I'm so... We're
0: joined by Yan Ong. Hi, Yan.
2: How are you? Hi. I'm from Malaysia, and it's a bit hard to be one at five foot three
0: yeah you you and me
2: both are suffering
0: from the
1: uh people need to redefine their uh their their you know
0: yeah short girls can be sexy too exactly yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Uh uh-huh most of the girls that i've been with have been shorter yeah than me
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 pretty easy though (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Mm, yeah. Ooh, so you're not a Brazilian underwear model. No.
2: No. No. Not. Not in this lifetime. You know. Let's see how how good the yoga goes, and we'll find out what happens next lifetime. Yeah.
1: I think, I think you. I think you had. We'll. Maybe we should introduce you for the for the public. But I think you. Maybe you had a Brazilian underwear model. Like in quotations, you had one. <laughs> You had I, like I did, uh, I
2: did date one in the younger years, you know, for a little while.
1: Like champagne like- soaked evenings.
2: Champagne yeah. and strawberries on ice. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun and you know, it led to nowhere in many different ways.
1: Wow. Celebrate
2: Cele- Cele- you know.
1: He must I have am- had like an, an amazing midsection. I can't even imagine having like a a swarthy kind of muscled six pack like that between my legs. I'm just trying to... (laughs) Imagine it, it. Was,
2: above, it was a above. lot of work. Above it was
1: your a lot legs? of work. I don't really above know work. how it works for you, but <laughs> you
0: got to work out a lot, right? To like do a lot of sit-ups to get well, that six-pack going.
1: It's for the man to do that, right? Yeah. The man does that, yeah. and you just lie back and you oh, let it. Oh you...
2: yeah, just go on, go on. <laughs> but I am happily married now to a oh! yoga teacher. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, in... who
2: also could be an underwear model. She's a. There
1: you go he's a portuguese <laughs> underwear model
0: i think so yeah i'm pretty sure he could be he
2: could be he but <laughs> oh, he's just taken the route of yoga
0: <laughs> yes he's definitely a sexy portuguese surfer
1: oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good they, they've got great balance those people yeah that's good
0: usually also the six-pack midsection area
1: Well, speaking of the six-pack midsection area, we've got a a couple of our friends of the show, Valerie and and Martha, who themselves, they appreciate a six-pack, I know, from their Instagram. Uh, Before them, I want to give them an intro. Um, Our guest today, Yan Ong, how do you pronounce that?
2: Yep, you said it perfectly.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yan Ong. Okay, okay Jan it's Ar.
2: funny. It's only three letters, but it it confuses
1: people. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> true. Oh goodness, Jan <laughs> has been teaching Ashtanga Yoga full time for the past ten years in Kuala Lumpur, in KL, as they call it. That's Is that right. right. Yeah, that's,
2: that's right. right. KL. She's
1: she's an authorized Level Two Ashtanga Yoga teacher and owner of the Meister Room in KL, uh, formerly. Ms. Yan also has the distinction of being the first Mensa member on the Finding Harmony podcast. Yeah, which I'm excited about it. If Valerie and Martha ever get <laughs> on the show, they will be second and third. Um, she you tested in the top two percent of the world's iQ at sixteen. it says Yeah mm. yeah. yeah that wow. was amazing. Those were I didn't,
2: the days. that was a I was thought a luck thing. I didn't even know what was happening. I signed up for the test uh, randomly and for fun. Um and got back a reply to join the community, which was nice.
0: <laughs> You're just like ah yeah, it's Goodness. just something yeah. I did a, a, in a Saturday afternoon. Did <laughs> you literally like, yeah.
1: <laughs> did you like those people that you you, were, you know when you was, joined the community?
2: You know, it's really funny when you go in and do an IQ test. Um, the room is as varied as a Mysore room. Like mm. you had you had people in there that were like um. You know, health angels type on Harley's big dudes, beards. Wow. You had little kids, uh, of course you had people looking like nerds, you had uh, full tattooed body people. It was wow. It was an interesting room to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was very different.
1: And they were all Malaysian?
2: No, I did this in London. <laughs> in London, in London, England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where wow. I was studying at the time. Yeah.
1: You were take. you it were in sixth form it. in London.
2: Yes, that's right. I was in sixth form, and then I did university there.
1: After oh that, oh my goodness, wow. wow, okay. And you did a you did a course in biotechnology. I um,
2: yeah, I graduated in biotechnology, which is usually a conversation killer, you know. Like, for- <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> Biote- Why do we talk
2: about that? <laughs> well, what, would, what would you have done
0: if you went into biotechnology? She, she
1: would have moved to San Francisco.
0: Really? Actually, that was right. Yeah. I wanted well, to move to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, of course. There's there's no other... There, I mean, that's what else where you, the
0: biotech people are. Where
1: else are you mm-hmm. going to go with that degree? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But at that you time, my mom was like way it. too far.
1: You oh, too yeah. Far. But you actually yeah. would have been closer to her. Or Can't, is the Pacific no, Ocean that big? It's that big. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. That's nuts.
0: That's probably like a 12-hour difference from Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, 15 hours time 15, difference. Yeah,
2: yeah. 15. Oh,
0: yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's That's a difficult one. So
2: Where, I did was, the next best thing. You know, I ended up in Pfizer in uh, Malaysia back home instead. Oh.
1: And yeah. your mother was a Brazilian underwear model.
2: Ed, no, no, no. wrong, wrong.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, wrong guess. I'm going to have to speak to our research department. He's obsessed
0: with underwear models right now. It's his time of the month. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> yes. There is one, I have one special day per month. <laughs> special special day.
2: Just just the one?
1: Yes, I'm 46.
2: <laughs> so I get
1: one special day. All the all of the other days are a, a considerable effort. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's his funny way of asking what your mother did.
1: <laughs> what does my, your mother do?
2: My well both my parents now this year they turn eighty nine. Dad just turned eighty nine yesterday. Wow. Are
1: yeah. you, so you so you w- are you sixty then?
2: <laughs> I hope I don't look like it yet. I know all cameras are off, but still No, <laughs> you like no, you but- look as young as the day I met you, yeah. <laughs> They had me. Oh, thank
0: you. <laughs>
2: but they—they they had me so late. They had me at about forty-seven. So the time Good. they had me, they retired. Wow, Good um, God. mom. Yeah, mom was working. For it doesn't exist anymore, but I don't know if you remember Pan Am Airlines. Oh, yeah. of course, they made a TV show about it.
1: Yeah, so sexy. Yeah, like Catch
2: Me If You Can. Yeah, it was super yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and
2: traveling was glamorous those days. You know? I
1: know. Wow, that's, wow, really that's tough. so cool. It's really tough on your skin flying. That's <laughs> yeah, brutal. Yeah. Wow. Paper
2: face masks will fix that for you.
1: Yeah, oh, those those, well, those yeah. nice ones. I started doing the vaso rub, where you co- you cover your skin with vas- vaseline before going to sleep. Yeah, yeah what? It's, it's very dry here.
0: It's so dry, and so
1: my skin sucks up the vaseline. They did a whole piece on it on BuzzFeed News: how you should be doing the va- the vaso rub at night.
2: Oh Beauty wow, Care. that's not greasy like. like it too is much super, greasy. super greasy.
1: Ugh. But Alberta is a, is actually a desert it's a desert that's considered a desert climate and so my skin uh it feels the the vaseline Mm -hmm. and it soaks it up and it's it it, it just sucks it up yeah like um like one of the sandworms of dune just so
2: you're you're basically shriveling up yeah you need to come out to asia a little bit and
1: Oh, oh, I yeah. would gladly, if you want to do like a swap, like a wife swap, and I could be with Manny, and you could be with Harmony.
0: As long as we get to be in Asia. And then I could have a
1: Portuguese, you know, swimsuit model between my legs. That'd be amazing. would be so nice. Tell Manny, ask him. He's
0: so naughty. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, a little bit. Control your man. Wait, did <laughs> I know, right? did
1: did your mother did she <laughs> indulge in these sorts of things? Like you hear all sorts of things about stewardesses, or maybe you just fantasize about them. I don't know.
2: <laughs> my my mom my mom was um she wasn't a stewardess. She was pretty amazing. She worked her way up in in the corporate side of Pan Am, and she became oh. the country manager. Wow. Um, for Malaysia and Singapore for Pan Am oh. in those days, and in those she's days, a
1: genius. She-
2: you read, She was hardworking for yeah. sure, and she um, was one of the few women at that time that was at that level. Incredible. It was very rare to 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 be um, in an American company um, as a female mm-hmm. um, high, high level corporate management. Totally. So that was quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But she What's your- from bottom up. What my dad? Your dad do, yeah my dad um he started a stockbroking company in Malaysia, and in nice. those days there were there were only a few there were like uh three or five in those days, yeah, so he was um dealing with a lot of investing and finance stuff so which he I feel you
0: retire at, at like fifty <laughs> he was yeah. like I'm, I'm done
1: <laughs> when I came Sweet. out, yeah. <laughs> I don't think people need that's to so retire, nice. though. I mean, I mean, if you're working in a ditch, but if you're doing a stockbroking job,
0: I think it depends. If you go, if you're 50 and you have a a baby, I think that's like a full time job, actually. Yeah.
1: They, they well, I mean, if you're me. a am
0: yeah. <laughs> well, you are a lot to handle,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: Did you have a lot of so. older brothers and sisters?
2: No, no, I have one older sister. Okay, She's six older. and okay. a half. Yeah, that's six right. and a half years older than I am. Gosh. Um, and yeah. So did her they... life changed when I came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be brutal. Did
1: she respect you? Do you think do you think she you know treated you fairly?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think um our age difference is so big that um we ended up being quite different in personality. Mm-hmm. But she's always been the older sister, the more responsible one, always there, and I kind of grew <laughs> up the wild child.
1: <laughs> wow. That's oh, that's, so that's interesting.
2: You know, but Harmony, I had mom's traveling streak. That's why.
0: Yeah, yeah. you definitely inherited it. Well, yeah.
1: it's it surprises me that you didn't end up, you know, being like the CEO of a private equity conglomerate or running a biotech <laughs> company. You, but also like, you know, Harmony, you're the same way. Like you you tested very highly in a with a f what was it, a finance exam or a stockbroking exam? What was it?
0: Um my securities.
1: You pa- like your grandfather. Exam, you, yeah. you beat your grandfather's test in that exam. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thought that you were going to be an amazing financier. Amazing,
0: that's really grower. good. Yeah, <laughs> but no. <laughs> but no.
1: And so both of you are now. What? What the fuck happened to you, people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was. It was boring.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I find it really boring too. Finance and everything finance related. Just like,
3: ugh.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like kind of, it's, it's kind of good to like understand and know and like be able to feel confident in that area of your life, but like actually dealing with like numbers and accounts and like analyzing companies and stuff is, I mean, for me, it was just like, if you want to put me to sleep, like give me that (laughs) and I will start reading and fall asleep in 20 minutes.
2: I hear you. I'm exactly the same. But it's exactly that. It's useful knowledge to have. Yeah. Um. And then if you can play around with that, which is something I've been doing for the past 20 years, then it, it kind of supports whatever passion you want to pursue, but it is oh. a good skill to have or good knowledge to have. Yeah.
1: Because you're a yeah. cryptocurrency broker now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she's a day oh. trader. Day, yeah, trader. day right. trader. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. way too stressful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i i do a little bit especially in this past lockdown there were like times where i don't know what time of day it was anymore what day of the week it was yeah um sure. and you know it's a, it was a fun thing to do and 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 we were i was trading quite a little bit then but it was something i've always done a little bit to support myself safely i've nice. had some hard lessons too from it i mm-hmm. almost bankrupt twice doing it but oh that. no yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah i know i know i've had some hard lessons too i'm in the middle of one right now <laughs> No, no. <laughs> i'm just oh, i'm just riding it out <laughs> i'm sorry is
1: that correct <laughs> where is our beyond meat stock Armin? <laughs> what the fuck happened to our beyond meat stock
0: what are your other kids? how
1: how down are we
0: back back to Yan.
1: oh fuck <laughs> me are you fucking kidding me jesus fucking christ
0: stop taking the lord's name in vain
1: oh, it's not i'm not a christian i don't know how many fucking times i have to tell you people um so speaking of christ you used to sell viagra oh my god from that?
2: Um, yeah. well,
1: to me there's a very close relationship you take the lord's name you praise jesus and <laughs> pray for an erection um so, have you ever tried buying Viagra in Gokulam? Have you ever tried oh, doing I, that? I,
2: I thought you were going to lead with. Um,
1: have you ever tried Viagra? Um, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, Harmony and I tried it, and oh. it did not. It was not what we thought it was going to be. You know, honestly. Oh. Oh, wait, are you shy now? What's going on with with her voice? What's wrong with her voice right now?
0: She said too much info. Too much oh. info. Oh.
1: Right. Anyway, it was she's, more like an amphetamine. She's it melting
0: over there. I mean, I,
1: it didn't like I wanted like a instant erection, but all I got was like I feel like I'm on on speed. Like that's not what I was looking for.
0: Was like, you didn't. No. You didn't really need it.
1: Oh, would you stop, oh,
0: wow. Harmony
1: <laughs> Slater? It's
0: true. Uh, you
1: didn't need it either, Harmony, but you took it. I don't know what it did for you.
0: <laughs> Not much. <laughs>
1: <sighs>
0: oh, I'm losing my mind right now. So I was apparently he's a little uh, pent up. You I know, it's surpri- out. Oh
1: my god! I was surprised when I just walked into the pharmacy on the corner, right next to the chai stand across from. <laughs> the uh, oh, Ganesha I the temple. Yeah. I walked into that pharmacy. Great guy. I love that guy. Super, super smooth dude. Very relaxed. And I just said, yeah, I want uh, this. And I, I slid on the piece of paper and he looked up at me and like, really? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> You're like 27, dude. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, he sold me a bunch and oh, yeah? a friend of mine, an older friend of mine, I said, yeah, yeah, try it. It'll be fun. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't know you could just buy Viagra on the street. You
2: can buy anything in India. It's crazy. Yeah. So. There's normally, they make a lot of generics too uh, in yeah. India for all drugs, which is like a lot cheaper than if you were to get it anywhere else. Yes. yeah
1: So is that what you what your job was? Do you just like kind of like stand on a street corner selling generic <laughs> pharmaceuticals? What so, was that like first, for
2: you? Yeah. So my first job, my first job literally on the first day of my job, I walked in and I literally had a whole day looking at pictures of penises on the wall as part of the <laughs> oh my <thing>. God.
1: <laughs> I was, uh, I was mortified. Oh man, I just <laughs> lost consciousness for a minute. What did you need to do that and, for? I
2: needed well, to understand how everything worked and how the vibe worked worked in order to sell it to the to the doctors in the hospital well you um, didn't know
1: what, an er, what <laughs> they presumed that you didn't know what an erection was did or what it looked like
2: they wanted everyone in the sales team to be on the same page I guess right Oh my
1: god!
0: <laughs> they were no, like no. trying to desensitize you or something it reminds
1: me of a night oh, in yeah. San Francisco when everybody uh, wanted us to be on the same page oh my they.
2: so that was a fun first job you know Um, oh my gosh but yeah then then that that also didn't like do it so much for me after a while I mean it was very corporate it was you earn a lot of money in sales and farmer but Mm -hmm. after a while I had this um this calling to go and travel I guess to go Mm -hmm. on the road so I kind of left eventually and uh went backpacking for later on in my twenties.
1: Yeah. So you took all that money and and just went went to town, went went all over the place. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much. But, it's but kind of already... amazing to make
0: like a ton of money in your early twenties and not like blow it on you know cocaine and alcohol. No, and I think parties. She, she
1: established that. We <laughs> oh, established oh, that already. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, we we did. <laughs> we did.
2: <laughs>
1: that was but in like, the but still have some left over in to go traveling. Oh, right. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh no, that, that continued in the traveling too. <laughs> okay. which, oh right. Jesus! Yeah, that I just
1: stopped there. <laughs> I just spurted coffee out of my nose.
2: Uh. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. That's mm. that's the thing that I find amazing. You know, it was it was the completely non-yoga kind of environment that was one of my most spiritual growth ever. Traveling by yourself mm. was um is just so mm. mind opening. Yeah. And heart opening that even if you're doing a lot of yogic things um yes. if you're doing yeah, you're, yeah. Doing, yeah. <laughs> you're doing just to do. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think you can do anything and gain a spiritual experience really, and it can look completely opposite to what you think it should look like. I love
1: that. I agree with that completely that you know if if you have a boundary around a spiritual ex- experience that it happens in this place and this place only
0: and it looks like this and sounds like this and feels like this,
1: then really what you're creating is um is a form that around something that is formless exactly so it's an it's a necessary obstruction to that experience
2: exactly. I couldn't have said it any better. You're well, just I'm, putting limitations on it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Nara Simha once explained that to us uh, th- that uh, the, 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 you know, Jayashree's cousin brother in, in Mysore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that you have a religious mystic experience, and then your first effort, mm-hmm. and this is described in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, your first effort, like with a cup of coffee, is to duplicate that experience. Right And you contrive all of the structures around it so that it's duplicated, but what that ends up being is a is a um a fallacy and mm-hmm. it just becomes a a, a rote a, a rote thing that you do uh in an effort to replicate something that arises spontaneously of itself
2: that's exactly what happens in all of this meditative experiences no immediately mm-hmm. you experience it and you try to grasp it and then you lose it. Yeah. You do it with everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The grasp like bomber. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the
1: grasping. The grasping, the act of grasping um, takes it further away from you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All, all away from yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hmm. Wow.
0: So where did you travel to? <laughs> Tell me where all the places you visited.
2: Oh, wow. I think um, that in that particular trip, I took two years out to backpack and I pretty much wanted to go to everywhere or as far as possible from anything I knew. So I bused um, South America for one year mm-hmm. and I basically finished up in East Africa. Wow. After that, um, just kind of not having any expectations. Mm hmm. You know, just I knew that was something more than living in the city, working in the corporate, just, you know, partying and things like that. And I don't have much patience. Generally, this is something I need to work on. Um, a lot of <laughs> superficial city talk, you know, yeah. where's mm. the next sale? What's the latest fashion? Right. I'm like, you know, I need to work on my resting bitch face. But like, yeah. I can't. So I, can't do I, I just can't. Honestly. I cannot deal with stuff like that. So <laughs> I I just went, I just went off. <laughs> oh. uh, it was nice.
1: I, I, did you were you in Ethiopia or that or um, Egypt or what what do you mean by East Africa?
2: So what I did was actually I flew in um to Kenya and then I went to see the mountain gorillas on the border of Rwanda and Congo. Oh amazing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that did was you, scary.
1: Did you meet one?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually Whoa. got um, pushed aside by one. No! Wow. That's traumatic. amazing. Traumatic. That's so fantastic. It was traumatic. It was traumatic because it um, was too late. Like, someone said, don't look him in the eye. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Oops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, People yeah. gave me that same advice oh when I was God. playing football in Louisiana. It's like, don't don't look the lineman in the eye just
3: that
0: check. happened to me once with a monkey too not a gorilla and it yeah. was just like a monkey up in dharmasala and there was like a bunch of different like a group of them that were kind of like you know fighting and goofing around and then one like kind of got pushed aside and it was like a big male
3: mm. and
0: i and he started walking towards me and of course i'm looking him in the eye <laughs> because he's walking straight towards me and i was like <laughs> And then he, like, jumped to, like, attack me. Oh, gosh. And, uh, I was with Jeff at the time, and he, like, boot kicked him across
3: the <laughs> road. <laughs>
0: but You were had, okay? Yeah, had I not, uh, like, had a bigger, stronger male monkey with me, yeah, <laughs> I would have been, like, goner.
1: <laughs> that's what they're for. <laughs> I would yeah. have gotten
0: bit or something for sure. Yeah. You <laughs> freeze. That's what the big- you just freeze.
1: That's what the big primates are for is you you dare to attack other big primates.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I almost died.
2: (laughs) But but it's so humbling at the same time, though, because you just realize, you know what? Crap. We think we're all that, but there are animals out there way more powerful than you that can take your life in one second and you put your head down literally um, in order to respect them in their environment. And you're like, you know what? This is. As scary as it is, it's extremely humbling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. totally, yeah. totally. That I—that's like a dream of mine. I would love to go see those gorillas one day.
1: Yeah. Or you could play football.
0: <laughs> I don't want to play football. I
1: recommend football to anyone out there.
0: I like watching football. But... Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, but it's really it is it's exactly that like being pushed aside by another bigger, stronger male, and being, getting your face shoved in the dirt, and then, it's awesomely humiliating, and it's yeah. a fantastic experience. It was still, still. I often have said this. It's still the best part of my life was was doing that. Um, yeah. So,
0: how did you get into yoga? What? What?
1: You did it in college, and you were you were doing yoga while you were doing all this partying at the same time.
2: So I I finished university, and then I I kind of was really curious about studying yoga. I didn't see it as a physical practice. I just was thinking about it as a something to to study and um so I did the note thing and being type a went you know what if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it properly <laughs> um and looked for something I thought was as authentic as possible and found my way to Ashtanga, mm-hmm. got the books mm-hmm. and at that time I think David Swenson had just released his flip book yep it was in mm-hmm. 2000 or something like that yep and uh I just did that. I was that doing that on the room of my bedroom until I hit yeah. something crazy like Mary D and thought, "Uh, I think it's time. I need some help."
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so then I I found um, some classes in in Malaysia. But what happened was, um, it wasn't. I didn't know at the time. It wasn't like my, saw anything. Or it was just classes called Ashtanga, the mm-hmm. as these still exist. And um, <laughs> I kind of did that for a couple of years. Until I came across um, a Mysore teacher that was visiting at the time, mm-hmm. uh, in and out of Malaysia, and yeah, and it started it started that way, which is pretty amazing. Which amazing. ended can, up in um, living in Mysore for a while, much later. Can,
1: but uh, can you say why it is that you graduated college and you're in and you're working? Yeah. Do you have a a, a trigger for what prompted you to have a an interest in a, in a spiritual life was there like someone that you knew? Was it a grandmother that that did a spiritual experience? What was you it? Know, that that's you a said really good Why?
2: Um, well, two things. Um, I think really one was at that time I was I was in a lot of unhealthy relationships. You know, mm-hmm. I was dating someone that was selling drugs at the time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and also I had this thing at the back of my head after getting the the Mensa membership that I was like why do we why do we have intelligence what the hell is the point of having any intelligence who cares if you have a high IQ or low EQ or high EQ or you know whatever Mm -hmm. what is the point Mm -hmm. um I was always wondering about that you know um I had this plaque on the wall and I thought that's that's pointless really if it doesn't serve me any Good, and I was very curious about that. So I was, um, I was curious as, as to how we can use our intelligence to find purpose or mm-hmm. happiness or, or something, to use it for something, because we have it, everyone. And that was at the back of my mind. And somehow, while I was thinking about all this stuff, it led me to, to discovering what the practices of yoga was for, because it seemed to link to meaning and purpose in life eventually. So I mm-hmm. that's
1: how
2: it triggered it. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, no. I, I don't know what's wrong with selling drugs.
0: has <laughs> <laughs> been watching a lot of Ozark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just watched uh,
1: the new season. <laughs> can be a noble profession. Um. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a. Enough of my family history. It's funny
0: because I was in Kuala Lumpur in two thousand and
3: four. Yeah. Um,
0: just for like, a. I was there for a week on a visa run. I was living in Thailand at the time and I had to go um, get like a wor- proper, a different work visa. And, um, and so I was staying there with a couple and they had sort of this very grassroots Mysore community that they were a part of. And I think Alex Medine had been there teaching right. prior.
1: I remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: And um and it was it was amazing. It was the only time I've been to Kuala Lumpur, but I'd go get up, teach Mysore in the morning, and then just kinda like wander around the city for the rest of the day.
2: <laughs> was this in a place called Tapas?
0: Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think Karen Grenfell was, told me about going there too. Yeah,
0: it was really it was a it was a really sweet little community and like yeah, it small, was really you big. know, like yeah, just maybe like ten people or something.
1: Mark yeah. Yao went there once with Karen at the same time. It yeah. was yeah, I, I think uh, it was like um, a group of very hardworking, sort of uh, middle-aged women. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: A couple men. Yeah. yeah, many of them yeah. were still practicing um, at, at home when we moved to uh, create the Shalom many many years later. Because oh. there was a little bit of an issue at one point where there was um. A fatwa issued by um, the Islamic authority where Muslims right. were not allowed to practice yoga.
3: Oh in yeah, that's
2: and so. Understandable. That kind of that killed uh, the scene in uh, the growth of the yoga industry for a while and set it back compared to the, all the other countries around us.
1: Is that um, what happened to Alex? Was he fatwaed?
2: I think he just I, left.
1: Oh, he, but yeah. he's uh, alive. <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. He, he, he. He's that alive be, and well in Norway. I would love to be yeah. Fatwa.
1: That would yeah. be amazing. Like did so, you hear what happened to Russell? He got they like did a, like a fatwa and he's
2: I don't I don't know if it works that way. No. <laughs> but yeah. No. That, but, but I think now it's it's, it's all good and it was growing and you know stuff. And yeah. Course, everyone had the pandemic and that set everything back to again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
0: and that's really interesting because uh, you know, I kind of forget <laughs> that about Uh, Kuala Lumpur I tend to because it is such a like metropolitan city and it is so Mm -hmm. modern and you know amazing but it is under like the Islamic kind of government right
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah and it's um, quite traditional in some ways yeah yeah Yeah. it's like Texas that way (laughs) uh can you say, I'm still struggling to understand, like you just jumped mm-hmm. into Ashtanga Yoga and you're traveling for a couple of years and then you say to yourself, I'm going to move to India and live there for five years.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, what, what like, Surely that?
1: your mother said at some <laughs> point, no, do not do that. Come home.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I after the backpacking, um, I think, on, and all the crazy experiences and people I met with it, I kind of... You know, you fall into things and you you notice like, you know, you guys, you too have lived in different countries. A lot of traveling leads Mm -hmm. you to yoga or a lot of yogis end up having past lives where they lived in many, many different countries. Yeah. And I think what it was, was I decided I was reading a lot of Eckhart Tolle at the time Mm -hmm. and I decided, um, you know, if I'm going to learn this, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that and learn it from the source and study it I had no intention to teach never it never even crossed my mind (laughs) it was never something I I wanted to do I was more like um, I'm more I like to study I like to learn so I kind of went there to do that and I wasn't (laughs) planning to live there either I went there just for a couple of months to see how it was and then decided you know what I'm going to set up shop here for a little while
1: why
0: (laughs) it's such a nice community (laughs) but why would you do that
1: why would you say to yourself I'm going to stay here
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really nice. First of all, I had no teacher for a long time. So I had been doing, you know, a little bit of yoga here and from the book and from going around. But I really was looking for someone
3: mm-hmm. that
2: could look after my practice. Yeah. And um, nothing, else, nothing more than that. So when I went there on my first trip, um, I thought it was going to be a one-time only. And then on the last day um, of practice, before I left after that first four months, I felt that um, Sharat had is a person that knew me more than I knew myself, and he didn't even mm. have to know my name, um, which was quite amazing. I never had that feeling before. Yeah, with he any saw yoga you.
1: Teacher. He yeah. saw you as maybe like a as a pattern. He saw that how this pattern tends to operate, or was it something very unique to you?
2: Um, it was. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of things where you think, oh, you go there and, oh, there's so many people in the room. I'm not getting any attention. This guy doesn't even know my name. Why am mm. I here? there? You hear a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and I was no different. I was like, oh, you know, this is just a yoga holiday, a yoga experience. And then
3: yeah.
2: And I, when I was about to leave, I was like, this guy doesn't even know I'm about to leave. And then the day before I left, um, he yelled across the room for me to stand up. I arrived. Uh,
3: nice.
2: I, <laughs> I arrived doing half primary. Wow, um, I, I didn't know how to do more than that. And then I, I finished primary that trip. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know what he was talking about that. He was yelling at me stand up. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and then I was upside down. I was like, I didn't know what? And then also I stood up. I didn't even have the body awareness to do something like that. I didn't even know what was expected. of wow, me. From, from your like, back band, you just stood right up. Yeah. Never did it in my life. Never, like, Amazing. Like, hmm. but you have to watch someone silently to be able to confidently say that i mean yeah. you saw yeah. so enough to know you will never say that unless you yeah. confidently knew so there he's watching yeah you don't have to talk you don't have to anything he doesn't need to know all the superficial labels of what we have your name where you're from yeah but he's watching
1: so i like can't really guy. you can really tell when someone can do something you can tell it right away. Just by the way, sometimes the way they walk into the room, it's like, oh, a backbender.
2: <laughs> yeah. But they don't know it themselves. It's right. true. They it's true. Yeah, yeah especially like... So you trust someone because of that.
0: Especially to start... Like, to to be in half primary, you know, you don't really... You're, you're pretty green. You're pretty new. It's not like you've been practicing for like five years and you you know mm-hmm. know the whole sequence and everything to do. And so to show up in Mysore with like that kind of nice, fresh energy and practice and have him take you through to the end of primary and then like have this experience at the end, I'm sure was incredible.
2: Yeah. It, it felt like someone knew you without knowing you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Totally, so I totally. Said, this is the place I'm going to learn from and practice. Uh, so that's so why you, I decided to stay.
0: You Did you go home after for a bit and then come back?
2: Yeah. So right after that, I went back. Um... I sort of reorganized myself and then went back to Mysore again the next season and helped um, a really nice man there that was building his retirement home. Mm -hmm. I helped him, uh, looked after his construction and he rented the upstairs or the whole house to me at some point um, for long term. A westerner
1: or a local man? No,
2: he's from Bangalore. Yeah. And it was... um, super super one of the kindest people i've ever met also and i was very lucky to meet a lot of very nice locals that helped me set up shop there and Mm. what i did was i would practice in the morning study in the later morning philosophy with another teacher and spend like the later evening trading to support myself there
1: Trading,
3: day trading, yeah. the <laughs> internet yes. is good. In it's India. great. What the yeah.
1: fuck were we doing <laughs> that we weren't living like that? We're busting our ass teaching yoga. We could have been day, Like you could. Have, we could day be trading easily. Oh my and God. not spending
2: any money. So right. Weird. Yeah, yeah. That is good.
1: <laughs> uh, wow. And who are you studying with?
2: Um, philosophy. You mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. At uh, Professor Nagaraja Rao. Oh, yeah, Dr. Rao, yeah. He's so lovely. Yeah. Nice. It
2: was um, something that um, Sharath had asked me to go and, and do. He said, uh, you need to go down the route of philosophy,
3: mm-hmm. so
2: contact huh. How this unusual. guy. Yeah, um, wow. That's very I surprising. Yeah.
1: He said that to you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He never once <laughs> said that to me. <laughs>
2: I, I think maybe, you know, in my Whoa.
1: mind, we have,
2: we have all these insecurities. In my mind, I'm like, oh, why? Because I can't go find the asana. He needs me to go down the book route. Is that why? <laughs>
3: like, <Yeah.
0: what? laughs>
2: maybe like he could tell in how world intelligent world. you were. He was
0: yeah. like, oh, this one needs, you know, well, when you she's going to be able to understand.
1: And When you register. <laughs> so you, you ended up, you stayed there like 80 months. Is that right?
2: Um, 80 in months. The, in the past 10 years. Yeah, about. A total of 80 months now.
1: Good Lord. How uh, can you do anyone math oriented here? Anyone can do the math for me? Is that divided by 12? What is that?
2: Since 2000 and, and, and 20. So some months we, I was there for like uh, some years I was there for 10 months, um, others shorter. When he was not teaching, I would follow him on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Also, so I would still be practicing with him. Yeah. Um so yeah. And then there were some courses that we did over the summer. It's six there, and yeah.
1: a half years. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Six point six, it says. Six point six six with the mark of the devil. <laughs> you, wow. Been there a little while. Yeah. Um you know, I know a lot of people who felt like um certainly back in the day when I first got there, two thousand three, mm-hmm. uh, I knew a number of people who felt that they would go there, they would live there three to five years and get certified and go back home. like that was a kind of a um a trend um, Half a dozen friends like Kevin or olaf or or um, mm-hmm. Sa- was Sasha from England what's her name Saskia Saskia Saskia
2: um,
1: they were, but you know not everyone got certified. like Olaf was the only one who got certified after of that crew who lived there. Did you have that kind of uh, of ambition or dream, or were you just interested no, actually, in, in a kind of lifestyle?
2: Actually, I didn't even think I was going to teach, never. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I didn't have that. So to be honest, when I got authorized, um, I think after maybe the third or fourth year there, which by that time I had probably spent 30 months,
1: okay.
2: I was like, what? <laughs> He was coming yeah. to my office, and, and then he gave me an authorize. He was like, authorize. I was like, huh? What? Yeah. Um. And then I, I didn't even understand what was going on. So I didn't, I didn't expect that at all, and I didn't know what to do with myself. And that same trip, he had asked me to – um, was that the same trip? No, I think, yeah, the second trip maybe. I can't remember. One of the trips after that, he asked me to um, assist. Oh,
3: to yeah.
2: And I said, no, because you authorized me. I've never taught. Really, I'm yeah. not a teacher, and I'm not going to go into that room where people have DVDs and shit and then adjust them. No, thanks. Um, I i don't – I'm not ready for that. And he goes, no, no, you're going to do it. And I'm like, Ugh.
1: So I kind of wow. got thrown
2: into the deep end.
1: Yeah, for sure. With
2: that, you know, it was a nervous wreck.
1: Yeah. But, um, and those people are not yeah. easy people to work with. Sometimes. Most of the time, especially the, the 4 a.m. crew yeah.
0: – it's, yeah. it's like walking
1: into, you know, like the 12 monkeys. It's the, like the, the be- 8
0: a.m. crew is the best. They're yeah,
1: like yeah, they're grateful. 9 a.m. But like those people at 4 a.m., they're, they're very yeah. intent yeah. On, on achieving something in their very limited window. And if you're touching <laughs> them, then it's because Sherrod isn't. And so this basket case is really like radiating hostility. It's a tough thing to do.
2: Oh, I was crying after the first week. Like sure. I was go home crying. I didn't understand what was going on because I had this different perspective. I arrived extremely naive. I mean, I didn't yeah. understand what was going on or, or what etiquette was. I thought oh, it was a yoga holiday, you know. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> yes. and people are like, "Don't touch me!" I was like, "Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. happening?" So, I would adjust anyone and say sorry immediately before they said anything after.
1: <laughs> like, oh. I'm so sorry about this. I'm so sorry, I've yeah. i asked so sorry. to address you.
3: So, this
1: is Sherat telling me to do this to you, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, if you give me any guff, I'm going to tell him. Actually,
2: <laughs> after one month, I was like so tired of carrying like, like all the crap. That by yeah. the end, that when I heard that one more time, I just went. You know, she wants you. She said like really loud. <laughs>
1: <me>. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. That's so good. I,
2: just, I couldn't handle anymore. i was like, I'm not gonna carry any more of your crap. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so I've I been grew there, hundred percent. I know yeah. the person
2: I was when I first started um, assisting, and at the end of the month, I was two different people. Wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I grew—I grew a backbone. Maybe that's what I needed to do. I don't know. But. Yeah. <laughs> so you,
1: you yeah. didn't have a backbone when you started the practice. <laughs> no. no, you said you were kind of floppy and just no structure to you.
2: No, strength <laughs> has always been really hard for me to gain. I'm just—you know—you're normally one or the other, right? Um, yeah. So Were I, you I massively
1: of... flexible, like physiological laxity, like Einler-Dandler syndrome, like really flexible. My like sister has
2: you think we have that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like wow. my elbows, my elbows mm-hmm. look like they're broken naturally on both elbows. Um, right.
1: can you pull but... the skin off your chest like a couple inches? That's the one of the tests. That's really? the first test. Yeah. You just take the skin <laughs> between your bosom and you pull it, and how far can it pull out?
2: I'm trying that right now. It's like.
1: Because <laughs> um, we took no. that test in New York, and Bunchu, Aquino, and um, <laughs> our friend from University of Virginia. Um, what's his name?
0: John Bowman, John, John. they
1: all all failed the test. Like they were, they, they have it.
0: Yeah, they they passed the test. They have it. (laughs) Passed the test. they've had
1: all three, all three indicators.
0: I don't think they.
1: We did the test. You're
0: doing false advertisement now.
1: No, they're gonna, You're gonna die. get us sued. They're Kino's get, gonna
0: sue us for telling the public that she has some kind of gonna, syndrome that gonna, she doesn't have.
1: She's gonna die of a neurological <laughs> disease. That's what I'm trying to tell you.
2: I'm, no. I'm still here trying to pull the skin off my chest.
1: Is Stop it coming off? Is it no, coming off?
2: No, I wish uh, it did though
1: now. Oh, you don't I, have it. Uh,
2: then. Oh, right. oh, damn it.
1: <laughs> but you did. Your body did fucking fail you, right? Jan, no. didn't you have a total yes. collapse? Story of, the heart? of my life.
2: <laughs> <Yes. Aww. laughs> no, Aww. so I yeah, I was one of those and as you see a lot of of Asian girls in in so too. We like you arrive, it's a lot of flexibility, not a lot of, mm-hmm. not a lot of structural body awareness. That's one of those. If you put me into anything, my body will go there. But if yeah. you ask me to do it by myself, forget it. Right. Yeah. Um so I think it's quite easy to probably injure bodies like that if you use a lot of force. Yeah. Um I I was one of those you asked me to stand up. I'll stand up, and I'm like, oh wow! You asked me to do kapalasana. <laughs> I could like do kapatasana. I was like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do on the first try, okay. Um, but I I struggled with doing stuff like that by my, myself, mm-hmm.
3: like
2: with integrity. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, one day due to um, a bit of a strong and rough adjustment, I had a bad mm-hmm. spinal um, injury that in, caused in my kaput- body to change forever.
1: In Kaputasana,
2: you said? Yeah, yeah, I was in Kapatasana. Well, how um,
1: how could that be? You were in Kapatasana and someone just ripped your arms down?
2: So I was one of those people, like, I could always go to the heels, but it won't be pretty because I would just drop back, I would walk, and then I'll grab it. Oh. Um, but I never had yeah, the strength, okay. for example, hang long enough to grab it from there because you require strength yeah. to do that.
3: Right. So
2: um, one day I had an adjustment where um, – I think they decided maybe you should start catching from the air because you can. Right. Um, and grabbed one arm in the air quite strongly to one side. Yeah. And then there was this really loud sound that went, Oh, oh,
1: oh. oh one of the facets broke or something or something. Yeah.
2: So I like could walk for weeks. Um, then when I went oh. to see someone, they told me that I had dislocated one of my thoracic vertebrae. <sighs> but um, they fixed it. But there was still a lot of pain for a long time. So a year and a half later, I did an MRI Mm -hmm. um, and found out that not only was that um, dislocated, it caused uh, a herniated disc on my L5S1 because that's two points of the the arch. And then, of course, you have the ligaments that connect those two points, which were ripped. They're now full of scar tissue. Yeah. It all. It all. So the stand up <laughs> that didn't yeah. come back so easily.
1: Are you gonna so, name names? There's no. a lot of people that like to know who that person was. No, no, I don't think. Can I, we? I don't think
2: it's necessary. I think you know, it's it's kind of also we, we do this job. uh Things like that happen.
1: Uh, uh, hopefully, we, people
2: learn from it. I learned yeah. from it. And it affected my teaching. I'm really really careful with, or I don't believe in strong adjustments. I believe in. Making people work to discover their body because Mm -hmm. putting in someone into something—it's just—it's not necessary. No one gained anything from it. No.
1: I just really like to listen, and I listen as deeply as I as I can to that whole that whole person, and then follow the path from the listening, and it can end up being strong, if. If I'm following the the their prana their their energy line or or their chi i i just uh I just really want to know this person's name though oh.
2: <laughs> so but that's I not mean, the only time that that happened I had another time later on five years later something similar happened, but from standing oh um, gosh oh doing it didn't like go the go so catching. well. Yeah, the catching, and it didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was I couldn't walk again after. And then I found I did another MRI and found out the same um,
1: disc that Injury. was herniated.
2: Yeah, now was herniated in two places after that. Uh, sure. So, yeah. so
1: you gave up Ashtanga Yoga.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way too easy. <laughs> really? It would have been the natural
1: choice, though, right?
2: It, well, I... I I kind of stopped practice the second time around. The first time around, I had a lot of fight in me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fix this. I've mm-hmm. dedicated way too, It was pure stubbornness. I've dedicated way too much of my life this to just give up. Now it's fine. It's okay. I'm not mad. I will just, this happens and I will try to fix it. Um, and after five years, I got back to almost being able to practice without pain and do the whole, whole thing,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: primary and, and half of intermediate. But then when I got back to that place, it happened again. And then by Ugh. that point, I, I will admit, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't yeah. fight anymore. And I don't want to. Um, so I'm going to take a break. And I don't have to fight in me. I can't cry anymore on the mat. It's ridiculous. So I took yeah. a break for a little while.
1: Like a stuff. year? A couple years?
2: Um, I took a break at first for about six months.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then I wanted to try again, but then I was just frustrated. I think also it's a lot of ego involved. Like yeah. just, right. I just kept thinking, I just want to go back to what I was before. Right. You know? Um, yeah. and that was killing me to keep thinking like that. So yeah. um, but I was causing my own harm, I guess. It was a process <laughs> I had to go through emotionally and mentally.
1: Well, this brings well us back, this brings us back to what we we were talking about a little bit in the beginning of the podcast about a formless mystic experience and i and i felt like i've a very similar sort of um, story to you jan right you know you you start out with the practice or uh, you start out you know having a mystic experience traveling a lot doing some crazy things and then ending up with a some kind of insight or or a pranic opening or a kundalini opening and then you apply that to a rigorous physical discipline and Mm. in the course of a decade sort of losing what that was for the mystic experience and then coming around to like the total uh destruction of your body where nothing works anymore and it's like well now what how do i find how do i what was i doing in the first place while i was looking for the mystic experience i was trying to discipline myself towards that but all what I, what it ended up happening is that it was in a it was a lifelong ego trip towards a particular uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. design of body, and mm-hmm. I wanted to look you know like Olaf. I wanted to look like Mark <laughs> and yeah. I wanted to be. But then you know, so now I have this broken form that doesn't work as well. It doesn't do these things. It will never do those things. So now, what do I do? And how do I practice? I mean, what do I what do I do in my day? What do you which do? is
2: a lesson which is a lesson that we all actually have to learn at some point. Yeah, I agree. I, I just see it as I had a chance to learn that earlier, yeah. instead of when I hit seventy or eighty, which I would have to at some point. Yeah. So I I dive deep even deeper into studying philosophy. Um, I was kinder to myself. I don't I didn't um I learned the difference between obsession and dedication. Mm. Um mm. which was yeah. which was a pretty interesting journey and um I just I got a lot it, t- it took a long time. It took a long time, but mm-hmm. I think there was a moment um that was quite funny. I had bumped into Sharad um on the street once in Hong Kong by accident and we ended up having <laughs> coffee. And he Mm -hmm. had asked me during this coffee, uh, coffee, he goes, how's your back? And I went, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It hurts to do sun salutations. And Mm -hmm. then he just looked at me and he went, why don't you do something else?
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Jiminy crickets.
2: (laughs) I just went, what? (laughs) Damn. Uh, You know?
1: Wow.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Huh? I don't know. I'm not dealing with this very well. What are you trying to say to me? But of course, you know, that ends, ends <laughs> there, and ends there, then you have to figure it out yourself. Right. Um,
1: wow. That's so revelatory. But, yeah.
0: Start with so legs then, up the
2: wall. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah,
1: why don't you so why like, do you play tennis? Yeah. Like what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I realize it's us that puts this pressure on ourselves. No yeah. one's doing it. We're doing yeah. that to ourselves, you know, totally We're harming ourselves. Why? Um, yeah. Do it. Do do what's right for you. Just keep doing, if yeah. if you know what I mean. You know and what I mean. Bring, but do what's right for you.
1: And bring that mystic insight to that activity.
2: Exactly. I feel like if there's it's day a... <laughs>
1: trading, make it a mystic experience out of it exactly.
0: I feel like there's a lot of like compare and despair sometimes in our community, you know, and especially like when you're you get on like the social media and it's like you know all the advanced postures are getting all the likes, and if you're not doing the demonstration of the advanced asanas then you know it's like you're not getting any attention and it's pointless and it's, to be
1: on instagram at that point
0: yeah it's really like <laughs> doing a disservice to yoga in a sense because it's not really about contortionism and when the dopamine hit wears off which eventually it does right after what are a couple you, minutes what are you left with like yeah. you know and I think What that happens that's, when we get old? Yeah, that's exactly the lesson that you kind of had to come up against, right? Is how do I practice in a way that's healing and nurturing and not just about like giving me that, you know, dopamine hit or that endorphin release, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, comparing yourself to other people is is of course like the source of all unhappiness. Yeah. Um, what was really hard for me was I was constantly comparing myself to what I was before. Right, and yeah. That was hard. That was hard. That was like, um, that was another form of like a self-abuse really. Yeah, for and sure. I yeah, I've
1: given up <laughs> self-abuse. I was just, it's just too, don't have the energy
0: but you had another, you had another big obstacle too, and I remember we talked about this. I don't know, maybe back in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen or something. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, where you came up with uh, hypothyroidism, right, an autoimmune disorder. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was that was weird. That actually, you know, the irony: the yoga teacher, the yoga practitioner, has stress issues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that yeah. is it.
2: <sighs> I was living this great like yoga, practicing life, studying philosophy and crap and everything in Mysore and La La Land, and then I went back to Malaysia to the real world where I had to open the shala. I was bringing a man with me for the first time, living with my parents. I was just really stressed out, um, and then I started getting really, really fatigued, and I wouldn't know why. Right. Um, I started gaining weight. I wasn't even eating. Um, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> cross the room without like being out of breath. Let alone practice being, you know, in the beginning without like taking ten breaths. Yeah. Um, and then finally, after about a six-month journey of trying of every doctor in the hospital saying there's nothing wrong with me, it's in my head. Right. I found a functional doctor that spent at least three to four hours talking to me about my my history um, and where I was at in life and realized that I did have um, hypothyroidism. It's just that with hormones,
3: mm-hmm.
2: this is a bit of a touchy subject and a huge subject in, in the States. Um, they, you look at fixed numbers and if yeah. you are only borderline or still within that fixed range, you are considered normal. Right. But everyone is different. Um, mm-hmm. that's the thing especially with hormones you can't put everyone into a fixed range right so when i got um treated this was quite difficult because i had been um vegetarian for 8 years and vegan for 2 mm-hmm. and um i couldn't continue oh, on that oh. anymore i needed so to you take had to take thyroid the bone
1: pills. broth yeah
2: yep the, exactly <laughs> the bone broth and thyroid pills yeah, yeah. which um Kimberly yeah.
1: Flynn said the same thing that she said that she eventually had to take the bone broth. Oh yeah, for the same reason, yeah.
2: For hypothyroidism, too.
1: Well, just because you know she was. Um, well, I don't know the. I don't. I don't know the list of. Wasn't hypothyroid? Of, I think she, she was, was just
0: extremely fatigued.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was on yeah. the. Yeah. Yeah, she had a litany of, of issues that were that were solved by ending that part of um, her journey.
2: Yeah. So it was really hard for me. I I said um, to the doctor, I said, oh, wow, I I need like a month or two to mentally get used to that idea. But um, Mm -hmm. within a month, I got so bad that I went went for it. And then um, it helped. It helped a lot. I got medicated properly. I got treated. Um, The weight kind of was difficult to get away. But then what happened was I managed. I could still practice and teach and do everything normally after that, which was great. Mm -hmm. um and then when we had the pandemic it was like another stressful episode yeah you don't know when stress hits you you know yeah and then it got yeah and then i then i started having the same symptoms as i did um the five or six years before Mm -hmm. even while i was doing the same management therapy but it just had gotten worse it went into um um hashimoto's okay yeah Mm mm-hmm so it became an autoimmune problem Disorder, already. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we we I decided, you know, just to start focusing on myself is one of the goals because I think a lot of the stuff or stress related stuff was worrying about everyone but forgetting to worry about myself.
0: Right. Not taking the time for your own self care.
2: Yeah, you know, I, when I was worried about the school, worried about the students, worried about my parents. Like, you know, it's like just yeah. And then ran myself to the ground just worrying, but didn't solve anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is the irony. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was
0: also, I think, like a very stressful time. I mean, still is for many of us. Yeah. Um, You know, where you don't, it's unpredictable, right? And travel's restricted in, you know, locally, internationally, um, You know, many studios have had to close because of the pandemic. They couldn't stay open. You know, yeah, that's that's stressful.
2: (laughs) And and you know, a woman's body changes so much during a lifetime. I mean, it changes so much in a month. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so like dealing with all these changes makes part of all of it, and stress is such a such a such a silent. Yeah. I don't want to say killer, but like, um,
1: (laughs) well, it takes years of your life, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, I was having ladies that lasted like six weeks and beyond during the pandemic, randomly. Like, it was insane.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was like, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's always that's such a sign that something's like really off, I think, for women. Yeah. Like, physically, it always seems to show up in the cycle. Like, you know, the irregularity or the loss or the extension.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think it's indicator. really important to share all this stuff because a lot of, I think a lot of women go through so many things and then they think that it's out of the norm. So no one wants to talk about it, or they feel bad, or oh, um, you know, I'm a bit bloated today, but you know, exactly, it's okay. Don't catch today. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, like don't worry. You should never feel bad if your body changes.
3: I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's so much, I think, un, not necessarily unconscious, but like subliminal body shame that we've taken on. I think, especially as women in our culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, it's really, it's hard, it's hard to kind of get over. I was talking about this with a friend, um, you know, a couple days ago, and she was saying that, you know, looking at Instagram and, and the, idea of like weight loss. Right. And, mm-hmm. and her friend was a coach and she's becoming a weight loss coach. And she was like, it feels kind of weird. And, and I said, yeah, but like, when you think about it, 90% of the female population probably want to lose weight, <laughs> like, and maybe they yeah. just aren't admitting it or aren't saying it, but like deep down, we all sort of have this weird, like relationship with our bodies and this weird body image, body shame, you know, thing where we feel like, oh, if I was only, you know, five pounds light or 15 pounds light or whatever,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I'd be happy, I'd feel good, I'd be sexy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's programmed into us. And you have to really like create a lot of conscious awareness around that programming to deprogram yourself.
1: Well I'm just gonna say again that if it, our <laughs> listeners, if you want to lose weight, get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, number unfortunately one. Unfortunately it loss comes
0: check. back twice <laughs> well, twice the price. If
1: you get married again, <laughs> sure. But if you you know No,
0: no stress I think... stress does weird things to your body, mm. right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think enjoying life is a big part of, you know, you you cannot punish yourself because you are you think you're on a spiritual path working hard and and punishing yourself is two different things. Like um, mm-hmm. it's the same as what we were saying before about obsession and and discipline. It's, yes. it's they're two different things, but yeah. they get confused very easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: And yeah. And something can start off as like a healthy a healthy discipline or a healthy practice and then quickly turn into kind of an obsessive compulsive tendency
2: (laughs) yeah food is an easy way out to show all these things you know yeah yeah there's a lot of eating problems and disorders in the world and yeah it's quite prevalent and and prevalent in yoga as well
0: it is and and you know and it is a shame when when people you know who are sort of maybe representing that you know obsessively thin population can do all of the tricky advanced asanas and get all the <laughs> likes too right <laughs> or yeah. go to Mysore and get all the advanced postures <laughs>
1: yeah when you start to but then, but- uh, make an equivalency of advancement and spiritual advancement
0: advancement of asanas <laughs> spiritual is- advancement and and thinness which, which is a, it's a-, a weird place it's to- a problem yeah
1: but you know but something that happy-
2: sh- okay that's a good sign if you can, if someone's doing all that <laughs> stuff and they're skinny and they're doing everything and they yeah. are happy okay yeah. but i think a lot of the time what you see online and what you see in real life when you hang out is two different things right it's um, true a lot of them are struggling with food a lot are struggling with um the pressure they put on themselves they're not happy literally until um they get the likes or they have they feel that they have um, attention yeah and that's that kind of sets the spiral of losing everything again yeah. and that you know yeah,
1: one thing Shurat said about that um, on on a tour stop at at Stanford once is you know one of the the objectives of the advanced series is stability, and he said that included mental stability, and he said he had mm-hmm. seen examples, and i was really I was really impressed that he said this. He had seen many examples in Mysore, and of course, I knew who he was referring to. Of people who had achieved so much so quickly, living there in Mysore, but were not still mentally or emotionally stable. In fact, we're making creating more instability for themselves by their obsession with the advanced series, and then ended up falling apart, which we which we've seen.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is. We still see that that still happens, and I think if you have a tendency to be obsessed with many things. Uh, yoga is just another thing to be obsessed about. And with all of this going on, I think that's next major thing to focus on. Yeah.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
2: Mental health in yeah. Ashtanga. Um, yeah. I think food was one thing, but I think mental health is really important. And I'm not, not only in students, but in teachers. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of people just assume because you're authorized, because you've been teaching um, that you're stable, but not necessarily, because <laughs> if you're not doing the work, you can be yeah. making yourself worse. And then you can be affecting more people around in your classroom than than should happen. Yeah. So I think that's another major topic that should be out in the open is the mental health of, of both all practitioners, whether you're a student or a teacher.
0: Totally. And the work doesn't mean doing more and more advanced asanas. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> just just to like clarify that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like do the work like on yourself you know go go a little deeper than just the physical achievement part of the practice
2: yeah Yeah. i mean i mean there's nothing wrong with but we also don't want to swing to the other side saying everyone who's physically advanced is mentally unstable you know what i mean so it's it's (laughs) like it's just it's just independent of you know what i mean believe
1: believe your eyes yeah Yeah. Uh, you know (laughs) another another thing that you that you brought up in in um when we asked you some questions about what you wanted to talk about before the, the, um, the podcast, you mentioned um, the struggles that you've had as a, as a, uh, a strong female uh, Mysore teacher Mm -hmm. is the, is, is the issues that you've had getting and gaining the trust of your female students. And that sometimes you, you, you felt that you've struggled to get women to accept taking instruction from you. And I know that Harmony is, feels very passionately <laughs> about the subject of just how rife sexism is within a community that is 95% female.
2: Ironic, again. Right. I
1: know.
2: It's not the norm, but if you've been like you, know, like you guys, you've been in a room every day, day in, day out for a decade, you're gonna see stuff. That Mm -hmm. unfortunately still exists. Um, It's not all the time and it's definitely not the norm, but it does happen. I mean, I've experienced both sexism, racism, um, and all sorts of issues being thrown at me. Um, But especially so when I teach alongside my husband, who is male, Mm -hmm. who is white yeah <laughs> so oh, i it's, it's, so 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 it's actually it becomes very very obvious sometimes you know? mm-hmm. there are times that we even test it out where i would go and say something in exactly one sentence um, yeah and see the response of the of the students and then we will <laughs> i would send him say exactly the same sentence yeah and it's amazing it's amazing that- <laughs> And he's even amazed by it. <laughs> the wow. full, the
1: full bloom yeah, of the yeah. female response to the male teacher. It was yeah, expanding, radiating, uh, uh, absorption of the of the lesson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, I think you know the patriarchal training is not uh, is everywhere. You know, it is. Like, it is. I worked in Pfizer. As I was telling you before, and you could see it even in, in of course, in the corporate structure. All the sales team majority are female mm-hmm. middle management female mm-hmm. everything above that male Whereas yeah. we we keep thinking that you know authority is authority when it comes from the male yeah. yeah but but there's no problem in coming to the female to cry your eyes out when someone has right. passed or you're going through a divorce right. But if the female tells you to put your hand over there you'll be like why <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah you better give me a reason you know Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I
2: preempt it. Yeah, I preempt it. Now, every time I I say an instruction, I already say why before the why even comes.
3: Wow. (laughs) But it's
0: just the way it is, you know? Yeah, it is interesting that, like, you know, people are more um, comfortable or more um, confident to have to, like, question female authority, right? Where whereas with male authority they'll just take what they say as like okay yeah I'm going to do that but as a woman you always have to kind of like explain or or give a reason for why you're telling somebody to do something
2: <laughs> and if you if you come if you come as forcefully as the male you would be a bitch totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's but that's exactly the same Issue with all women in any working industry. Yeah, it's true. Um, which is if you if you are too strong in your approach, you you are a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have to come with a super soft approach, which means they will question everything that you say. Which yeah. I, I I struggle with this because I'm a huge believer in supporting women um, on their journey because it's, that's what we do. We teach yoga. Yeah, <laughs> that is just the, the nature of the job. So. It's very very confusing uh, to me that this still happens, and um, I think it's uh, it's good to bring it out more because I don't believe people do that realizing that they do that. Yeah, I think um, yeah I think on purpose. If you shine it's, it's a light, it's very yeah.
0: unconscious. I agree, I agree. I've noticed the but same. But you shine a light thing. on it, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. some women I know that are like, you know, say they're big supporters of women, but then they're always like lifting up the male teacher in our community. And right? I'm always like, what? Like, Yeah. I, you know, it's like an alpha yeah. female thing, like, oh, yeah, I'm all for the women, but I have to be the alpha female. So all the other women the are man. below me. And yeah. now I can just like elevate all the males around me.
2: <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a shame, but I hope this over time will change. Yeah. And I yeah. think um, people like yourself bringing all these topics up will make people realize that even more, be more conscious of it.
1: It's really I important. Think, I think when, uh, by change, you mean devolving into a kind of a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, that's Where what we're Tina Turner in a kind of, uh, you know, chainmail chain mail uh, football uh, shell.
0: Proud Mary going on. Proud Mary. And then
1: it's two men enter, one man leaves, which really is kind of reducing the amount of men in the in situation. So, yeah, that's... That's probably bringing, where we're bringing going. Up
2: women is not putting men down. No, it's not. It no, makes... I
1: just mean I think that's probably just the most likely situation.
2: <laughs> I think women. you really.
0: I think it's uh, it's really more noticeable too when you teach with a male in the room. Like even yeah. you know when I teach with Russell, I notice the way that students respond to him versus mm-hmm. myself more than when I'm in the room alone. There's no one. Mm-hmm that they can kind of like default to. And there's just not the same comparison.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So it is
0: interesting, Um, but it's, you know, the other thing that I, I think is so sweet and special is that you and Manny were married by Sherat. (laughs) And I think it's just like such a unique thing because I don't think, I mean, had, Maybe he's married some people in India, but this was in Portugal, right?
1: He married yeah. in India.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he <laughs> married I would have Shurti. thought,
1: though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know he married anyone else. It's
0: really special. I mean, I think I think it's so nice that, like, you know, you guys just have such a beautiful little, like, relationship as, you know, friends, as student teacher. He's really, like that person for you who saw you, who's mentored you, and and I think he really feels that with you as well, you know, taking you from the beginning of your practice all through like all these years. And I think he really just sees your heart and your devotion and your dedication to the practice and like that you're not in it for something. And I and I think that's always the thing with Sherat is that he feels like you know, he kind of, like, senses when students are after something. And I think with you, he just really, like, you know, feels your your authenticity and your, your devotion to the, just practicing and healing and, like, you know,
2: not, Thank you like, so much. That's so nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it created such a beautiful, special, like, bond and, and connection between you two. And it's evident in that he you know was in portugal and said yes to marrying you guys
2: <laughs> yeah it was it was unexpected you know but it was like you know I, I for example when i first i was saying when i first 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 got to um Mysore, i i had no idea what the day was i didn't i never practiced at shala regularly so i had no community um i just arrived by myself and started practicing and thinking it was a holiday yeah. um <laughs> and then i at some point it was christmas which is my birthday, and then I was registering oh, wow. and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get drinks on Christmas Day at the Windflower because it's my nice. birthday. Would you and your family like to come? Um, I'll get some champagne. It'll be really nice. Oh, like, my God. That's awesome. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for this past few months. And he was just like, um, no, I, I have something planned. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know and there wow. I went you know wearing the sari and off to win flower with yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny like I had no idea what myself you know what respect was or respect for a teacher or respect for it like I had no idea right um, or like
0: even like what his lifestyle was like <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing like zero
2: totally naive um, Yeah. And then <laughs> I think that threw him off guard. How naive I was! <laughs> right? Yeah, he was just <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, this
0: girl doesn't know anything. She needs to study yeah. philosophy." <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> uh, have a okay, that's what happened. <laughs>
2: that's so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So it was. It was kind of like you know, always been sort of like that. And then I think um, I don't know. I never, I never had awkward moments i guess it was just yeah. uh, it was what it was and and over time spending so much time there and like you guys know you as when you teach my store you get to kind of know someone intimately without the labels yeah these yeah. are irrelevant you know just by the energy exchange you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of know and you know then of course you see me practice through all sorts of issues physically yeah um and i was always very honest about pretty much everything um, so even when I started dating Manuel, I kind of told him, oh, this is guy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, who is it? <laughs> That's
3: so funny. Wow.
0: <laughs> and what did he say when you told oh him? Oh my God. So we,
2: <laughs> we at that time were, he was on tour in London. I went to join him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't sure. It was a complicated situation. I was like, Oh, go, don't go on this relationship. <laughs> and then I kind of said it to him. I said, like, Oh, there's a guy who's going to come. I can join the workshop from tomorrow onwards in the mid second with us. I think he's trying to start a relationship. And then he was like, who is this guy? And I said, Manuel. Then he was like, from Mexico? I was like, no. <laughs> from portugal not from portugal and then and then um of course you know poor man he showed up the next day yeah and he was so nervous because i said oh i told him you were coming to chase me and he's like who does that yeah <laughs> yeah
1: you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting it's t- so position funny. to put yourself in as a student <laughs> to your teacher where you kind of sure. you ask you ask permission for the the man that the you blessing. can date and so it's <laughs> you're really giving up a lot of authority there
2: <laughs> i was i was like you know like oh what do i do what do i do and then it was kind of like you know like you would share with your your you know your best girlfriend but i have yeah. no filter that's the problem so then <laughs> then Mano shows up so sh- then, oh of course, you know
1: it's not it an so authority nervous. issue shirat's like a best girlfriend <laughs> yeah that, okay that makes more sense all right <laughs> And
2: then, <sighs> and then you know it was it was quite funny then you know we kind of i think he saw the whole relationship evolve from yeah from the moment it started and then after that when when he moved to malaysia we opened a school together and things like that mm-hmm. so it was nice it was kind
0: yeah of nice. yeah no it's super and special
2: <laughs> it was man actually it was Manny's idea he was like you know what we were thinking we were going going through like the the civil what do you call them Yes, yeah, Celebrant? celebrant? Yeah, yeah, celebrant.
0: Yeah.
2: And then who to hire and things like that. And we were like, this sounds weird. I don't know. It's like we don't connect with any of these people. Um and then he thought, wouldn't it be funny if we asked him to marry us? And I was like <laughs> And I was like, Are you kidding? He what we met through him and we met in the room with, so so yeah. he kind of brought us together. I was like, okay, uh, okay, let's ask.
3: <laughs> and then he'
2: He kind of just said, yeah, but I don't think he knew what he said yes to. Right. <laughs> um, so he goes, what are, yeah, and then like three months later, what do I have to do again? I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had to like, like prepare him for all the things that he had to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was okay. I said, just, just stand here. Don't worry. I'm going to walk down the aisle. And then you can say anything you want to say. Brilliant. And then we'll finish. And then the only thing you have to say at the end is that now we're married. Yeah, and then you can kiss the bride. Nice. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was weird. Kissing, yeah. kissing in front of him was really awkward,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was a non-Indian ceremony, which is very different, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. But you know, it was it was funny because everyone was doing everything for the first time, and it was just right. you know, yeah, we winged everything. It was just made up as we went along.
1: <laughs> so that's I'm sure. Nice.
0: I'm sure he totally loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> Wow. It's so special. Did, it's so neat.
1: You said he said something kind of like off the cuff about love that that touched you. Was it something like that?
2: Yeah, I can't remember all the words of his speech, but his speech um, was basically all about that. He was talking about love and what it means to to find love and have love in your life, and it was it was really it was really nice and from the heart and completely non scripted, as yeah. with all conferences. Yes. <laughs> so yeah so it was very touching um oh I think. nice
0: beautiful yeah well he would know I think him and Shruti <laughs> are very much in love still hmm. yeah
2: <laughs> it's very nice to see yeah
0: yeah it is well so what's next for you you've closed your school in Kuala Lumpur and you're living right now in Portugal
2: yeah, so what we did was we, we because of the pandemic, we were not allowed to open for the most better part of two years. So we decided wow. to close the physical space yeah. and only do online for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kept the, a whole online system of classes right now. Oh, good. And we yeah. travel to teach. Yeah. Um, and we're figuring out a way where we balance not only um, the teaching, but our families. Right. Because because of this pandemic, Mendel never got to see his parents for or family for like three years. Wow. Yeah,
1: man.
2: the same for me. Yeah, you guys got stuck too, no? Yeah. Was, uh, the borders yeah. closed. No, exactly. Refugee.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're thinking we're relooking a lot of things in life and thinking how we can still share the yoga in the best way possible while also keeping time or spending time with both families.
3: Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
2: my parents are much much older but we still have to go back and spend time with them you know because the priority is that really yeah. to be able to balance that out so at when they're hitting 90 um Mano's parents are in the 80s so also yeah. not young yeah so we haven't figured out where we want to live or what what what's really gonna happen next and um, the year is still unpredictable yeah, it is. <laughs> we we will figure it out as we go along um, mm-hmm. and take it each year, a month at a time.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you have a nice online thing happening and also some workshops coming up, too. Yeah, we have
2: um, a couple coming up this year. I have yet to, to figure out my schedule because this is also one of the years now at my age where we're seeing whether we can try and conceive before it's too late. But it's, <laughs> so but my it's Manny's is issue. It's
1: not, it's not your issue,
2: <laughs> right? We're Manny... Both-
1: He's we changed his older. underwear, right? Has he done that? <laughs>
0: Apparently, you're supposed no, to not no. wear
2: underwear.
1: Right, and you have to have <laughs> like a bag of ice. Is what's needed. There are needed. some
2: people in Mysore that should not wear underwear, but um, I've seen oh. things I did not want to see. Like, well, they never they do st- that. Yeah. Once like, you know
1: a man's religion, you <laughs> <I> know everything. <laughs>
2: please wear underwear, Russell. <laughs> please. Please.
1: Is that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> didn't know. Didn't know. That was my reputation. Referring to. <laughs> okay. mm. Goodness. No. Mm.
0: Well, I hope that things go well for you guys.
2: I hope so too. We'll see. But mm-hmm. mm-hmm. either way, I think no matter what happens, um, we will keep on doing what we do. We'll keep on trying to be honest with ourselves and being okay with with whatever the mm-hmm. world has to offer.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, and and it's not so far. Europe and and Kuala Lumpur, they're kind of
2: close, right? Yeah. Uh oh, it's not really ten not hours. Long... Yeah, yeah, around yeah. there.
0: Yeah,
2: pretty long life. Pretty long flight. Really long flight. Be-
0: better we'll than see. North we'll America see. to Kuala
2: Lumpur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah. But having said that, I I, I do love the states in California too. Yeah. So I hope one day we get to go there, and then he gets to surf too.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll There's see. lots of good places to surf in the world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I think. I think with all of the stuff going on everything's so much more fluid no one plans anything anymore and um I do wonder though what is the future of how yoga is going to be taught whether all of this will affect everything on a more mm-hmm. long-term scale mm-hmm. what do you think
0: I don't know I mean I think there's a real magic to in-person teaching and especially the Mysore room you know mm-hmm. I feel like that's I feel like that is an experience that will always be something of value that people, you know, seek. But yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, I I know how hard it is to hold a physical space and keep a physical space open and that it requires, you know, not just from the teachers, like incredible dedication and stamina, but it also requires a group of very dedicated practitioners who are willing to pay for that experience right
2: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: and and it's it's difficult because the online online you don't have to go anywhere right you can just do it in your basement or living room or kitchen and and it's it's more accessible to more people in many ways so I think it has already changed the way that we're teaching and we'll probably be it'll always now be sort of an option, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's introduce a new aspect to it. But I too mm-hmm. wonder what the future would be like for all of us.
3: Yeah,
1: it's um, it's interesting. I think it's a it's a very interesting sort of uh, uh, tipping point for Ashtanga Yoga, where you, I think we're in a place where we're even, con, you know, are we are we having to adjust our reality to whether or not we use the word or rebrand uh, the the yoga into something else? Uh, we have this culture of, you know, strong adjusting and uh, to fit a, a form and a model that uh, is part of the Ashtanga yoga sequence and practice. And there's a, you know, there's a, a movement in our culture where we're not even sure about, um, whether or not we want to, uh, fulfill that traditional model. Like what's the, what is the point of, of applying your discipline towards a, um, uh, uh, a formula when you're not even sure if, um, you're not even sure if, if that's an, you know, if it's appropriate and to be universal in that way. And so, it's so really many. It's hmm hard. Mm-hmm. So, so that you've, you've, you do have that option there. You've got Shadrat there in Mysore, practicing a traditional method in, in the Mysore style. Uh, but I feel like uh, the world is maybe turning a, away from it and doing something a bit more personal. Because so many of us have been locked away in our personal rooms for the last two years and really at the worst possible time for the Ashtanga Yoga brand when it was really kind of struggling with um, the hashtag Me Too and the revelations around Patapi Joyce. Do we really want to bend our bodies in this particular way for uh, this particular practice? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very, uh, you kind of have to bend your mind around that even though the emotional, the emotional discipline that comes with bending your body towards that formula has value. It's just, well, do I, do I want to? Because everyone, you need to. do you need to? And is it's, it's um, yeah, I'm, i I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're. Um, I think we might be post peak. as
0: as some people say. (laughs) The question's out there. It's hanging. It's open.
2: I I, I think as practitioners, um, everything we've learned is not wasted because what you do is you get to the peak of then knowing how to manage your body and what you want to do with it as it ages. Mm -hmm. But I also think the the difficulty comes when you've been so trained to look after, um, keep tradition, look after lineage, and now you're right. faced with how much of now can you bend your mind to changing all of that and bringing in changes to mm-hmm. all, all that structure in your head that you're meant to keep up and withhold tradition. Yeah. Mm. Um, how much can you change now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how much and how should you, you change? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yes. And how much should you change in how you
2: teach or your approach or integrate mm-hmm. other forms of, of media, and etc. or ac- accessing people differently. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, having said that, though, even Trump was doing online classes during the pandemic. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I for me, I feel like the lead class sort of lends itself more easily to being taught online. Mysore... Also can be taught online for sure, but there's just something that's so transformative about like physical touch in a Mysore room that, mm-hmm. you know, verbally you can you can give people adjustments and maybe it's a little bit safer even. <laughs> but there is yeah. something that's really, I don't know, just kind of magical about that, that kinesthetic mm-hmm. communication that, yeah. you know, two people have in that sort of yeah situation in person situation
1: i i couldn't ab- agree more and it's absolutely the way that i would want to teach but i'm thinking about the student who is saying you you want me to endure an emotionally uh terrifying and taxing practice <laughs> to f- fulfill Batabi joyce's vision of a first second and third series of, of development Well, why should i make that choice to endure that with you and because well because there's a magic to it it's like well what what does that mean what does that look like
2: Mm. but that depends on the teacher yeah if the teacher is not making the student have to fulfill any idea or fantasy of anyone or need to complete any sequence then that issue doesn't exist because it's not what is being translated in the room
1: no no i want you to grab your ankles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna this is what we're here to fucking do. But I don't,
0: I don't know that I mean, as a teacher, I think that's the whole point is that it's not about you. It's about the student and what the student needs and what the student is there for, not about what you want for them. You have to like, I I want them to do Marie (laughs) (laughs)
1: Chasnadee fucking do it. (laughs) It's
0: a good thing you don't travel and teach with me anymore. That's (laughs) all I'm going to say.
1: I'm just saying like, that's how,
0: that's how we do a yoga.
1: you You get the bind. Put them in the bind. Do it. So, and that student is saying is like, "Why should I listen to this guy? He's an asshole. He wants me to do something <laughs> that I don't even understand." But they
0: don't say that about the male teachers. We've already established that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they just do that's it why, and stop questioning. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and I." Yeah, no, I was going to say that. I was going to say you have, to, you have say, to kind of
1: explain yourself.
2: Yeah, being well, a, no, a no, no. Female... But Happy Joyce
1: wasn't all bad. <laughs>
0: no, that's being what a... you're in the
1: position of.
0: No, being a female teacher though, lens lends itself to like the co-creation of like the teaching agreement, right? And mm-hmm. and in a way it already has embedded with it a more, in my opinion, um, like relational sort of therapeutic um form of teaching because students don't necessarily feel like that, um, patriarchy or that sort of mm-hmm. um enforcement you know and so even mm-hmm. though you know before we were sort of saying it's annoying as a female teacher to have to like always like, come up with the reason why and explain yourself and and approach in like this very you know <laughs> nice
3: yeah.
0: nice unoffensive way
3: <laughs> yeah
0: but at the same time it you know I think it holds within it like like a key to students being able to have a voice for themselves, which they may or may not appreciate. (laughs) But Tappi Josh did
1: not want me to have a voice for myself. What the? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, it is an interesting stage we're in. It's
1: a dilemma.
0: A dilemma. You
1: you have bifurcated choices and it's, yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. and I think the student has an extraordinary amount of power and autonomy now that, as gen Xers doing a yoga, we're not comfortable with,
0: but it's, it's, it's interesting. I love how you speak for all teachers and all gen Xers. Are you, are, do we not agree?
1: We do fucking agree. I can tell you this is why we were there, you know, all all 200 of us.
0: All 200 of us, exactly.
1: Well,
2: no, I think there's so much of it is going to, I think it's, there's so much growth. And I don't think every, every time is an interesting time. There's always something happening no? Totally. But at the end of the day, if you take out all the complications, the, all the, the movements in the states mm. mm-hmm. and um, everything that's going on all the time as we evolved, as long as all of us are always trying to be good people, the, everything becomes irrelevant. Yeah, whether you're good or bad at asana, whether you're good or bad at philosophy, whether you've been there 10 <laughs> years, one month, one day I don't know what year you went, when that all that yeah. stuff becomes irrelevant as long as we're just trying to be good people. And it's really as simple as that. Yeah,
1: even as yeah. a teacher, you could say that if you have an ethical moral center, then what you're teaching and how you're teaching is uh is uh relative, yeah. Yeah.
2: For example, if yeah, you were, you would do the same, if it wouldn't matter to you if some your student was doing fourth, um, and not so nice, <laughs> you would <laughs> you wouldn't you would not be impressed. You would just yeah. not.
3: Yeah you, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. But the, if they're doing fourth and nice, great. But mm-hmm. it's the same regardless of whatever it is they're doing. It's just whether they're nice or not in the room or nice or not outside the room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you're one of the nicest people, outside <laughs> and inside the room, Yan. <laughs> right back at you. Right at you
1: well, for uh, if you'd like to, if you could stay on the line, we're going to do a, a another mini interview where you teach us about cryptocurrency. So, <laughs> oh, God, those of us um, who want to listen to that, you can stay on. But um, thank you, Yan, for um, this time. It's really, I really enjoyed getting to know you and meeting you
2: thank you thank you so much much for having me it's been really fun and it's so nice chatting to you guys Mm -hmm. you as well
1: thank you
0: thanks for listening to this episode of finding harmony with me your host harmony slater you can find out more information on my website harmonyslater.com and i look forward to connecting with you again soon